what I was saying was, uh, you know, watching The Sopranos, uh, Christina had never seen it, but she was 10 when it came out. It came out in 2000. It's so strange that that show originally aired before 9-11. Oh, wow. And then we were in a coffee shop and Oasis Wonderwall came on. That came out in 94, which The Sopranos came out only six years later. But in my mind, that was decades long. It just seemed like such a long time from 94 to 2000. Yeah. So are you eight years older than her? She was born in 1990. <laughs> I think, yeah. If it was 89, it just sounds better. It does. It does. I mean, it's like the $2.99 as opposed to $3. It's not yeah, really yeah. much Three of a difference. Three bucks. I'm not going to pay that. No, oh, two ninety nine. But at, at, what a deal. at 1990, I was like, whoa, I met a, well, we can talk about this on the show today. Actually, it ties in. I met someone uh, and, you know, living in New York, you meet more people. We'll, we'll get into it later. Okay. Well, because <laughs> okay. it's part of our, it, it can tie into the topic. Totally. All right. Let's save it. You want to start? Skip, 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 I wish there was a quick mute. I have to burp. I don't want you to hear it. I didn't hear it. It recorded though. I'll, I'll, it I'm gonna cut it out. I'm I gonna, can't wait. I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if it's there. It's I'm bleeping it. I'm gonna bleep my burp. Okay. I don't I don't like, like that kind fuck. of fuck. That's disgusting. You don't want to record a fart? Well, I was trying to be polite, so I muted you, but still the you know audition was still recording, so it's right, right there. And it was a gross one. Ew. Well, it's a seltzer burp. I have one for later. A burp. We'll see. <laughs> What is that, LaCroix? No, it's the um, Aldi LaCroix. <laughs> it's the, I don't even know. V-I-E? Oh, Belle I think it means like beautiful life. I, I Did you know that LaCroix comes in a bottle now? I saw it at a bodega. Blew my mind. What happened to that whole thing where it has garbage in it? Right? Wasn't there some story about it being not natural or... No, it? it had something in it which I loved because... I've been a big seltzer fan most of my life. And then suddenly everyone jumped on board the bandwagon when LaCroix mm-hmm. came out. I mean, like LaCroix actually had been out for a while. But for some reason, it became popular, I should say. LaCroix. Right. Additive. LaCroix. That's what we call it because of absolutely fabulous. LaCroix. Includes cockroach incesticide. Insecticide. Incesticide. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> that's what you spray on your brother when you don't want him to have sex with you. Yeah, you keep him away. Incesticide. <laughs> <laughs> Take it. Take it to Kentucky. Big seller. Uh, insecticide. Cockroach. Is uh, that real or is that just like they use something that's one molecule away? It's it's an ingredient in the insecticide, which is probably just some weird additive to that. It's not the thing that kills the cockroach. I'm okay. assuming. It, it's strange that these additives get thrown into everything. but Yeah. But it is crazy when you start making your own stuff, like we talked about with the food episode, you know, um, like bread. When you make bread, it's got four ingredients to make a great bread. When you look on the back of your loaf of bread that you got from, you know, your oldie timey bread, Mm -hmm. honey wheat, you know, it's got a billion things. I know. I watched. uh, Man, what is all that? I watched Paul Hollywood make a a soda bread. It was (gasps) so simple. Yeah. yeah. An Irish soda bread. Like you said, it was four ingredients. He needed it. He cut it and he quartered it and threw it in the oven. So that's yeah, it. I know. I mean, bread is a little bit more nuanced than that. Like, but it is, well, it this, is crazy how it doesn't take anything to make food. The soda bread's an easy one though. It's a non-yeast bread. 
So it, it, there's less. You just you know, I don't know, you just do this. It takes about 45 minutes total from bowl, oh, to, bowl to bake. From bowl to bike. All right. All right, let's go. 100, 99, <laughs> 98, 97, 96. Stop it. <laughs> Welcome to One Topic, where we try to stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. And my name is Greg Russ. And, you know, today, Greg, you know, I just thought, just off the top of my head, uh, I know I didn't come into this with an idea. I didn't text you about what our topic was going to be. You know, I just thought we would uh, just throw it out there. Making friends as adults. What I, do you think? Do you mm, think we should do that one today? No, I can't. I'm not, I'm not good at coming up with things off the top of my head. You should have given me a week to prepare. Ugh, I know normally we have months to really research our topics and to think about them and to... Really unpack it. Especially you, know? you. You put in so much work prepping for this show. <laughs> yes. Hey, I was. I haven't spoken to my family all day. Two months. I've been re- getting ready for the show. Two months. Woo. I know that hotels episode. You put in two months of prep. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> so much work. Anyway, says you're not dedicated. Is out of their mind. Hey, I took copious. I have pages and pages of notes for today. Out of these. O U T T A. You hear yeah, all that? That's your notebook, and I mostly see doodles in there. Well, Bored doodles. Sometimes I, when I, I need to, you know, really clear my head and to really get into that space, you know, just the space that you have to find. It's almost like the space in between words is where you really find the good stuff, and that's what I've done the for space. our show today. The space in between your brain cells. First between those brain cells. Okay. Making friends as an adult. Um, I wanted to talk about this because... You have no friends. I have... No. <laughs> you have no new friends. I do have new friends, but it's a different kind of friendship um, than the friends that I always grew up with. And... <clears throat> um. Moving away, so I, you know, grew up in Georgia, and I am an only child, and spoiled, uh, spoiled, and I think so. My first real best friend, who I'm still friends with today, who is really like a sister to me because we've been friends since like four years old, and we've stayed friends for the entire time. And she's an only child, and I really think it works well for us because we're both only children and we're able to sort of be each other's sisters almost because we have gotten in fights not like big fights that sort of families go through it's kind of nice because we do choose each other still it's not like sisters who have to be have to love each other because you're family and you have to put up with them like i really do still want to be friends with her and um i still enjoy her it's not like hard uh and so there's and there's a ton of history, you know, between us. So anything weird that might happen between us or if they, she does something I don't like or if I'm annoyed or if, maybe if she's annoyed with me, I don't know how that would happen. But, you know, that there's enough history, there's enough of a foundation between us that nothing's going to shake that, you know. And then my other friend who I stayed really close with is Michelle from Chattanooga. Did I say my first friend, my first friend's name is Anna. Um, and then Michelle, she... And I got to, we were not friends. Like we knew each other in middle school, but she hung out with like 
bad kids. <laughs> and what I was your thought, group? Skaters. You did you hang out with people who wore airwalks? Oh yeah. 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 You could say posers. Kang Kang kangaroo shoes. Oh, with the pockets. <laughs> yeah, with the zipper pocket. So you can hide your dime bag of weed. Jinkos. I used to sell my um, Ritalin to kids. You would I sell it. Bad too. At yeah. that age. I was buying like dime bags. You were selling your Ritalin. Yeah. In middle school. Well, I was taking it for a while. <laughs> I stopped and then I gave it to people and then I started asking for money. I just feel like drug dealing begins in high school. It just that's the only thing I'm trying to grasp here. I kind of got I kind of got to things a little early. Like I kind of straightened out a little bit in high school instead of really exploring that in high school. Um I don't know why that was. I was attracted to sort of the bad kids. But you weren't friends with Michelle who was a different type of bad kid. She was like a preppy kid that was hanging out with the bad kids. Like she had a she had a friend that who she grew up with who sort of turned into a bad kid and then but they had always remained friends so it's like michelle got like the 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 pass you know with the naughty but she but like her friend was getting in for real trouble we were getting into like you know i don't know smoking in the woods and sneaking out of the house kind of we were getting into that kind of trouble but her friend was getting in like real trouble I don't know what that means. Maybe getting suspended from school, I guess. But anyway, and then in high school, we were in a class together and we really started to enjoy each other. And she tells me like I was the only the first person that was ever willing to talk about sex with her or just in general and like really open about it. And I would say things that would shock her. And I guess she thought that was interesting. <laughs> These are the bonding moments of yeah. a young person's life. And she we talks about goofy. sex. That's yeah. the ah, best friends with her. Well, I think that she was doing some sex, but didn't have anyone to talk about it with or didn't feel comfortable like she could talk about it with someone. And it's not like she was coming to me like with deep thoughts about sex. It was just more like I wanted to know what she was doing with her boyfriend, you know, and I wanted, you know, I don't know. So she, I, maybe maybe it's just that I was open and she was attracted to that. So a foundation of teen sex is the basis <laughs> of this friendship. <laughs> yep. Well, again, she is someone who I have a <clears throat> a long foundation with. Of sex. So, of sex, no. So uh, even though there have been times where, you know, I don't like something about her that she's doing or some the way that she's acting, one, I can always, and the same with Anna, they've always been i think and it's because we have that foundation that i can go to them and say and be honest with them and say hey you know what you're doing is this and that might be hurting my feelings or you're not doing something i'm not getting something and i need that when did and that start always i think always since the get-go that's interesting that's maybe that's why you're still friends you yeah. think about your friends as kids and if there is conflict you're not taught to talk about it or Tell a person that they're not making you feel. I mean, your parents can kind of coach you to do that, but no one really comes out and says, hey, it's okay if you get in a fight with your friend. Right. Like, I would feel like if I got in a fight with my friend at a young age, it would really buy the thought something was really majorly wrong. Well, I think maybe that is true because then I think you have to, I mean, when you're little and you get in a fight with your friend, it's real easy just to drop them. And it's probably because you aren't getting along. Right. It, 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 it gets deeper as you go along 
But hopefully, even though it gets deeper, you have that sort of history with each other where you can get in those fights and then you can make up and it's fine. I, I, I punched a friend in the head. One. It was more of a pound in the head. It wasn't yeah. a straight on punch. I made a fist, but it came down like a club oh. right in the head. And that like was a it. whack-a-mole? Yeah, that was the end. I got home, and by the time I got home, the phone had rang. My dad answered it. It was the kid's mom. I told him <laughs> what happened. He was so angry at me. Maybe go apologize. <laughs> but that was it. That was a shame. That was a friend of mine from like five years old to ten. Wow. What happened? Do you remember what the fight was? We were playing tackle football. Then I, I, we were playing tackle football in the neighborhood. I got tackled. He's not the one who tackled me. He came up and kicked me. But the anger set in after the game. So we finished the game. And at that point, I had a go-kart that I'd bought by saving up money mowing lawns. And I jumped on the go-kart, and I knew where he was. And I went to the neighborhood, jumped off the go-kart, left it running, ran up to him, punched him in the stomach, pounded him in the head, <gasps> got back on the go-kart, and then drove around for 30 minutes. Oh, it was a hit and run. It was. Did he? Was he excited to see like, hey, Greg, you know, and then surprise, I'm going to. It was pretty fast. Mm-hmm. I came zooming down that street. So when you apologize to him, you know, I guess the parents are there. So you're like, okay, okay. They sent and us then, off. And- they let us, you know, hash it out in the room alone. But really what happened was we sat there for what seemed like hours in silence. <gasps> and I finally said, sorry. And I left. I think I, did, I, I don't think I wanted to be friends with him anymore. He was turning into a real weirdo. Uh, he was the kind of kid uh, who, on the school bus, the kind of kid, like this happens quite a bit. You're exploring your sexuality as a kid, and it's strange. But he had this bra ad that he folded up and hid in the seat on the school bus, and he'd pull mm. it out and, like, lick it. He was, oh, he was strange. God. He carried dead fish around in his back pocket, just aquarium fish. They died, and he kept them in his pocket for a day or two. He was a weirdo. Oh, man. And he would also grab women's breasts in the pool. Like We were, <gasps> we were kids, but still, he knew what he was doing. He had some weird um, obsession. <clears throat> Deviant. So I, I think I was just looking for a reason to get away from him. No foundation of common interest of licking bra ads. Well, that's the thing. So... One of the things about when you're a kid and you make these friends is a lot of times it's just based on vicinity, right? They're in your class. They happen to sit near you or they're a neighbor. Like it's, it's not some act of God that you're best friends with your neighbor when you're a kid that like some, some supreme being put your best friend next to you and it was all meant to be. Vicinity and age. And age. Close, you can, you know, plus or minus three years, I think. Depending. Depending on what. If you're five and you're not hanging out with a two-year-old. But as you get older, (laughs) a seven-year-old and ten-year-old hanging out is not a big deal. Right. So. Um, Well, yeah. So I think when you're young, it's easy to sort of move on from friends. And hopefully as you get older, maybe it has to do with your sort of parent dynamic. Um, because if your parents are friends, like true friends, then maybe you sort of mimic that with your adult friend relationships from the past. Like the, the, uh, a friend of yours that you've had for a really long time, I feel like, I mean, it's 50, 50, right? You could either get in some sort of thing where they've just like what you had with your friend. 
they they were growing up starting to be like a jerk or you see things about them you don't like and there are things that you can't i don't know maybe maybe you never have set up the type of relationship with them where you can be honest about what they're doing like i'm imagining you're friends with someone for a long time you go through your adolescence and then now you're adults and now you're friends with you're still friends with them and you love them but then you go out to eat with them and they're a real jerk to the waiter right or they're real persnickety about something or they're telling you a story about how they're in the wrong are they, but they're very like upset about something when you <clears throat> and you hear their story and you know that they're wrong but you feel like you can't tell them because i don't know you, you don't have like an open relationship with them so then that's when you start moving away from your long-time friendship so it's almost like you have to have really like a honest uh, uh, boyfriend girlfriend type of relationship with your same sex friends without the intimacy <laughs> there's certainly a transition where a lot of those i don't really talk to anyone from my childhood actually nobody from my childhood high school maybe two people and that's just talking here and there. And, you know, some of my best friends still are after high school. Now, college lends the same opportunity to meet people because you're in classes with them. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe you're a little bit older at that point and you're meeting a lot of new people when you go to college. It's all new. It's not people who've been in your class since first grade and now you're with them in high school. So they're right. all new and then you can pick and choose or like even meeting you. That was still a matter of circumstance. We were both interning at the radio station. Mm-hmm. Um, and think of all the other people who interned yeah. at the radio station that aren't still friends. Now, obviously, we also were friends with Eric, who kept us together, probably. But but yeah. I was interested in you early on. Yeah, over the because course, you were weird, and I liked it. Over the course of the years, there's enough. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're you're meeting a person, and you're saying, "Wow, there's enough here for a friendship." I like this person. I'm interested in this person. I feel the same way about you, and. Sure, we had, you know, a lull in our friendship. Right. And I think that's normal. We went our different ways at one point. Mm -hmm. But so that's the transition, right? So you have high school and kids and being proximity and then close in age classes, whatever it is. And then you meet plenty of people in your early 20s because you're out quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. And you're meeting people and you're really discarding quite a few people. I guess so. They either pass by or you're holding on to them or they're discarded yeah right they just flow through you or they stick for a while and then let go <laughs> or you push them off i don't know because i think of the other interns who were at the radio station with us uh-huh. there was the one guy with googly eyes i don't remember his name were you there for him i don't think so that's what i remember i was only him. interning with other girls really it was nicole and heather all right so you still talk to nicole nicole yeah, love that- nicole so that was a friendship that came out of that also at that mm-hmm. point. Googly eyes. Because she's it. also weird. Yeah, she is a real weirdo in a very yeah. different type of way. It is. <laughs> I love it. Which is fine. <laughs> yeah. There's a spectrum of weirdos out there. Where do you fall? As long yep. as, as long as not the creepy weird. <laughs> that keep dead fish in their back pockets. Yes. They... <laughs> and lick bra ads and swim with their shirt on uh, when they're not fat because they don't want people. He was obsessed with breasts. Wow, because he used to say this. He would swim with his shirt on. He said, I don't want people to see my boobs. I was like, you're not, you don't have boobs. He wasn't a fat kid. You don't have boobs. Oh, no. So Pete some... calls his nipples boobs. That's, that's, <laughs> but yeah. he's two. How old is Pete? Exactly, two years old. 
So, wow, this man, <laughs> well, this boy at the time. Uh, Have you looked him up? I did, actually, a few months ago. I was curious. Yeah. I couldn't find anything. Nothing. Oh, man, that is so infuriating. Everyone should have a big enough social media footprint so that people in your past can stalk you. People couldn't find, and they can now because I am associated with you know radio. Right. And there's stuff out there about me, but social media, you're not finding anything. <sighs> so that, that I'm sure that is annoying. Yeah. You just want I want to stalk my ex-boyfriend, but I can't. You want to go see how much better you're doing than people. <laughs> Are Listen, some of those... I would be happy if he found someone. and But now all I think is that he hasn't. And it makes me kind of like worried for him in a way. I don't know, but I want to see. Maybe he has. And he just is like, I'm off Facebook because maybe that's great. Like, that's smart. Be off Facebook. I get it. But also, I, I want to know what's going on. <laughs> Have any of your old friends reached out since you started doing the radio show in Atlanta? Like old old friends, just they hear you and they say, "Hey, that's it." They're not even. I'm not even saying they want yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah. Every once in a while, you get like someone who used to be in my brownie troop or something. Like, oh, they're listening. That's neat. Or um, more people that I have like been in um, what is it? Where periphery, peripherally circles, peripheral circles. Yeah, it's just kind of <laughs> the same friend group. Yeah, yeah, it. like people I know through friends that. I like, but never really, you know, fostered anything with them because who knows, you know, but yeah, they, they listen and I think that's great. I love that. But I mean, I really have these two girlfriends and they've been with me since forever. And I feel like they're the family I choose, (laughs) which is nice. Yeah. I have friends that I certainly feel that way. It does because when you've gone through a lot, as you said, it is the same dynamic of a family. Anything. You, you get annoyed with people. Right. You're around them enough. You get annoyed, and that's okay. I think if both people can realize that it's okay, and you can talk through it, and then it, right. it ultimately uh, creates a stronger bond. Well, like recently, my friend Anna came to me and said that I, she didn't feel like I was making enough of an effort for her. You know, I would come to Atlanta, and I wouldn't tell her that I was in town because Honestly, it wasn't because I didn't want to hang out with her or didn't consider it. It was more like, I just, I don't have a car. I'm only there for two nights and I'm working those, you know, mostly. Um, And she's working usually because I'm there for work, you know, so I'm there during, you know, morning hours during the weekday. And then I might be leaving on a Saturday morning or a Saturday early afternoon, you know, so there's no real time to sort of get her out of work or anything to hang out with me or, and I can't get to her cause she's out in Lawrenceville or she works in Decatur. So it was just like a whole thing. I was like, nah, I mean, I can't do that. But she would, I think she would feel, she felt slighted every time I came to Atlanta and didn't, she didn't know I was there. And so I kind of disagreed with like, I didn't feel like she should feel that way, but she, you know, she was honest enough to tell me and it really doesn't matter what I feel like she should feel like she felt that way. So I was like, okay, so I decided like, I will definitely make a better effort. You know, I'll go out of my way. What it felt like to me, what was out of my way to make sure that we got to hang out. And it wasn't even like a chore. It was just like, oh, I need, I need to make this more of a priority because my friend, my friend is hurting. (laughs) But I mean, honestly, you don't have to mock it. I know. Well, it just sounded so, uh, you know, intense when it wasn't that serious. It was just like, 
She just expressed it. See, that's a illustration yeah. of what's wrong. When someone expresses themselves, the other person mocks it. Like, oh, you mean that feeling well? Well, only in this whiny, situation. In whiny. the moment, I wasn't doing that. <laughs> and she told me, I was like, oh, you're sad. Woohoo. That's a real problem. People, you know, approach the person who put themselves out there and expressed yeah. the feeling. Oh, you're not feeling. Shut up. That's the that's an indicator to get rid of that friendship. Right. Like, all right, true. you're out of here. Maybe Anna will hear this and hear you mocking her. And... <laughs> You're going to get the text. We're done. And then she blocks you. Oh, God. That would be the worst day of my life. You'll have to have another conversation and strengthen that friendship again. Anna, I love you and I appreciate you and I honor you. And I want to make sure that I never make you feel sad. So maintaining friendships, too, as an adult. I know that the topic is making new friends, but I think it's important to talk about. Well, and I think it, it. transitions into how to make new friends as an adult because well, well maintaining them just quickly yeah. you do have mm-hmm. to put in the work they don't just exist they can no. just exist but then they're very superficial and you know you see someone once a year sure i guess i don't know what you get out of it i think those kind of relationships where you're not putting in the work <laughs> those friendships and you see a person once a year you probably just sit around and uh you know fall into the trap of nostalgia and talk about days past instead of actively yes. talking about your life and what's going on. I mean, you probably catch or you up talk, on that. If you have, if you have kids now, you're both the, you know, if you're in that position, then all you do is talk about the kids. Yeah. But there's no real right. uh, shared experience with the two people anymore. It's either right. in the past where it is in the past. And then you're just talking about similarities in your lives. Exactly. So that's, I mean, that's hard because especially when you do have kids, you're very much into like keeping them what i don't know occupied happy you know disciplined turning them into adults that aren't monsters you know and so it's difficult to like take time out of your brain to dedicate to like you and your friend need to go do something together so that you can have new things to talk about (laughs) well speaking as someone who doesn't have kids Uh it's still difficult it's much i'm sure it's much more difficult when you do have kids because that is occupying so much of your time but having friends and trying to maintain those relationships, putting in the amount of work you want to, um, it's it's I mean, life just sets in no matter what it is. That's like true. I go to work and I do my thing and you get lazy and it's like, I don't feel like going out and doing that as you get older. And yeah, it just requires real effort on uh, both ends, not taking away having kids and making that even harder to do. But I'm just saying. No, I get it. That there's times you see, I go out with a friend Let's not do this again in you know, six months. Let's, let's see each other in a week. Uh, right. You know, six months goes by so quickly, too. Yeah. It blows and my you mind. Both, you both could have all the best intentions in the world to get together. Yeah, there's no offense taken by any right. person because you both realize, eh, well, we fell into that trap again. Yeah. But lately with some of my friends, uh, we have actually been hanging out more often, and it's nice. It's nice. You put in the effort and just do it. That's what I realize. That's the yeah. one thing I can do without kids. Because most of the time, it's like, oh, I don't feel like doing that. But there's no real thing stopping me, like a, another human being who needs to be loved and fed and bathed. Well, that can that can be a little bit of a crutch, too. You can be like, oh, well, the kids. You know, it's you, you also have to have the mindset of just do it. You know, you haven't seen your friend. Invite them over for dinner on Friday. Okay, that's going to be a pain. And I got to figure out like, you know, it's, it's going to add extra stuff to my day, but you just have to do it. And then you're happy that you've done it. You only have so much room in your life. 
too for people. So this could lead into making new friends as an adult. I mean, you I, I assume that's a conscious thought process. It's like, do I really have room to bring another person in? I don't think of it that way. Because you don't have any friends. Well, you've got you've got plenty of spaces. <laughs> that parking lot, you know, it's half filled. People can pull in. They can park. Yep. They can park. The, the truckers can park. Yeah, there's there's plenty of room. So, all right. How are you meeting people these days? I assume well, a lot of it is through parenting, parks yes. and playgrounds. Yes. So when I first moved to Maryland, we were in Laurel, and I didn't know how to make friends. Yeah, I that's mean, a, that's everything you knew is gone at that point. Everything, Except for your yes. husband. And when was Pete wasn't even born yet? Was no, he? it was just me and Ellie yeah. every day. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, it was really, really tough. And it was this really strange phenomena where I would go out to playgrounds and I would, I was re- like, I was looking up playgrounds just to go to because we, we needed to. It's like the man who goes to the bar to pick up women. Honestly. Minus this, you know, the, the hookup part. Yeah. Like, I'm gonna, and I'm gonna I think this. people can smell the desperation on you just like at the bar. Right. It's the just same thing. Just lingering near the slide. Yeah, you got like, one, hi. One, How old's your kid? <laughs> one, the elbow up on the slide, leaning against it, trying to act cool, yeah. but doing that weird um, romantic comedy thing where you make eye contact with the person from across the playground for a real long time, and you're both staring at each other. And then you, and real- then you hear that. There she goes. <laughs> there she goes again. And then you realize the other parents just zoning out because their life is so stressful. They're just staring in the distance, and they weren't actually making right. eye contact with you. <laughs> Oh no! And you go up, hey, huh? They snap out of it. Like, what do you want? Do, will your kid eat goldfish? I have extra goldfish uh, snack back here. You should bring the pizza goldfish. That'd really impress. Oh boy. Um. So yeah, I would try. Uh, nobody was around in these playgrounds. I don't know what it was. I was always alone. And then I so I felt alone in in my life. I felt alone literally everywhere I went. And all it was just me and Ellie every day. Trav would come home. You know, I'm in this weird place. I don't have any friends. I talked to a cousin who also moved away, you know, and she was helping me and sort of giving me ideas and also just sympathizing with me saying like it took her like eight months to feel comfortable in the new town or whatever. And um, then I got sort of picked up at the library. I was at this library and this the, there's a, a I didn't even know this existed in libraries. I guess because it had been so long since I'd been to a library that, and I didn't have kids. And so there's like a kids section, not like the books, obviously, but like there's like a playground sort of thing in the library for kids to just go and, I don't know, throw bricks at each other. So not real bricks, <laughs> foam bricks. Foam bricks. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, they can look uh, realistic. Was, that's true. They look like bricks. Um, so, uh, Yeah, I was standing there. Ellie was playing. She was playing with some kids in this little playground area thing. And this other mom, you know, we were chatting and she asked me, are you involved in any Facebook like mommy groups? I said, no. And she said, oh, is that by choice? I was like, no. I said, I just don't have any friends. (laughs) I was going to ask if you looked online and looked for groups to find friends. I mean, I kind of did, but it was almost like. They don't have mom meetups. <clears throat> they do, but just get ugh. together and play bunko. Ugh. I don't consider myself a mom. Have some cosmopolitans. 
<laughs> I'm not a person who's like, as a mother, you know what I mean? Like that, that is a part of my being, obviously, but I don't. It's not I, your identity. No, it is it not. It becomes my the identity. identity and I, I do not want to go to a place where it is their identity. Yeah, those people are annoying because yes. that's all they know and it's mm-hmm. all they talk about. And that is what they live and breathe is right. being a mom. <clears throat> which, and you might get a cool person there, but maybe not. Yeah, no other interest. You bring up a movie or some music, huh? Well, and that's the other thing. So I, you know, I'm I'm making jokes and I'm trying to make people laugh. But sometimes it's like I want to say bitch, you know, or like, you know, that's some bullshit. You know, like I want to I want to say things like that, which is not crazy. But when you're talking to people where their identity is parent, sometimes it's like, <gasps> you know, or or they they've forgotten what it's like to just be a person or maybe they've always been like that and I wouldn't have been friends with them then so and then the only thing that's sort of connecting you is parenthood or or um your kids are getting along but then you realize like the people that you're talking to aren't like very cool (laughs) like I wouldn't really be wanting to chat with you it turns out I I imagine you busting out some of your impressions and the people just staring at you more like making a joke or like calling my kid bitch or something silly like bitch go to sleep. Oh no, that would, I don't I I could see that happening. Someone being appalled by it, another parent right. not even confronting you on it, and then they gossip about you when you're gone. Maybe she I don't feel her. like that. I'm that person, but it's more like they they decide that they don't want to be friends with me, and when I make a joke like that, and they give me a reaction. I decide I don't want to be friends with them. Like if you can't, if you can't want number one, bitch about your kids to make or understand a joke, <laughs> then I'm not, I can't, I can't do it. Like I need, I don't, I don't like it lately. I've been making these, I, I, you make friends with people and they're guarding themselves. They're, they, they have a boundary because the person I'm, I'm talking with, that that person and me are not friends. We are not friends yet. No. So they are guarding themselves. They're not just being open books. They're not telling me something that's like intimate or or sh- or, or even speaking in a way that is unguarded. And when you can't do that, I am not interested. But from but the get go, totally, but it's but it's totally their prerogative to do that. They need to protect themselves. Yeah, from but the... for me, I need them to just be like an open book, or I can't. I, I don't feel like scratching your lottery ticket. Well, you could be dismissing some people, then you may be friends with. There's potential because some people from the get go, from the first meeting, don't want to spill their guts to. No, and I, and I guess I don't mean that, but it's more of like. Oh, you can sort of sense if someone's willing to go there with you or whether they're not. Yeah. I just, I think the instant dismissal, there's a lot of this is intuition. Like I think you meet a person and you'll know if you're going to get along with them. But if this is the only basis, you know, the criteria you're passing judgment with, you may be missing not, out. You may be missing not, out. You're right. And it's, it, it's not the only thing I'm going on, but it is something that I notice where I'm trying to, sort of talk with someone and they're not giving me anything. I'm trying to give them things. I don't even know what I mean. It's just a feeling, I guess. Yeah. Which you shouldn't dismiss. I think you can tell pretty quickly. I judge quickly. I Uh, I don't write anyone off, but 
I'm not going to sort of foster. I'm not going to the. I'm going to wait until I start seeing something that I like. I guess really that's just even with anybody, right? Like relationships. It's like you yeah, have a feeling about a person. You've got to have a, you know, you have to hit it off, really. Hit is, it off. It is what happens. But the problem is then if you like someone. And they don't and like then you. you and, and then as parents, you meet someone really cool at a playground. And then you got to like ask for their number. That's the you way, know? but this is the way it goes now. So again, <laughs> removed Are you on Facebook, mm-hmm. removed from parenthood and meeting other parents. I'll go out. Uh, my friend Jeff moved to LA, so he has a going away party. Uh, it's at a bar, so we go to the bar. You meet people. I talk to other people, and there's one guy that I got along with. And so, yeah, before you go, it's like, hey, would you you want to you know maybe uh yeah. hang out again some go on a date sometime? in the future? <laughs> yeah. You know, his wife is there. Yeah. And she's, he's like, uh, and she's like, yes. She says yes for him. I mean, I don't think that she pushed him into that, uh-huh. but it is a funny dynamic. And then you've got an outsider watching this and I'm wondering, oh, maybe he doesn't have many friends either. And she's like, please, please. Yes. Be his friend. So we traded numbers. Yeah. But with him, I never, I never reached out and he never reached out, which <sighs> is, we could have been friends. And why didn't you do it? I don't know. I don't know why I didn't do it. I think I just got caught up again. I was like, I don't know. I'll do that later. And then enough time goes by. And you can't. Yeah. hey, remember me? I met you nine months ago. How's it going? And I think the, the opportunity passes. I, I guess you could, though. You could say, hey, I know this is random. I'm going to be at this place, blah, 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 if you guys want to meet up. And it's like, it's not like, let's set a date to hang out. It's just like, hey, I'll be here. I'm doing this anyway. I don't know what you do. Go to a bar. I've, I've gotten to the point, honestly, where I forgot his name. So I, I, oh, it's in no. my phone saved. Uh-huh. I could ask I it? could ask my friend Jeff what his name is. But, yeah, I wouldn't know off the top of my head at this point. There was a, a, another person I met who ran. He was He's a guy. His name is Lee. I think he's like two years older than me. And he ran Electric Lady Studio, which is mm-hmm. Jimi Hendrix's recording studio. He died while they were building it in the village. But... We, when I worked at the radio station, would do quite a bit of, you know, bands would come in and perform there for a small audience, and our listeners would go. And that guy one day, he's like, hey, we should go get beers. I was like, okay. Gave me his number. Never called him. And this, <sighs> this was in my mind. I was like, I'm not going to. Everyone wants to be your friend, Lee, because you run Electric Lady Studios, uh... and people always want something from him. I'm not going to be one of those people. You watch. I'm never going to reach out to you. I was like, what am I proving there? Yeah, and, and he, you weren't trying to be friends with him. He was trying to be friends with you. Yeah, and it could have just been a friend because yeah. it's not, I didn't want anything from him. That's mm. the thing. I could, I, I thought about this, like maybe, I mean, maybe somewhere in there in my mind, and this is what triggered it, maybe somewhere I was like, wow, he has a really cool job and maybe there's something I could do there one day. And that was unacceptable oh. for me. So I was like, I would never subject him to such a thing. And because that exists somewhere in my brain, it wasn't pressing I right. wasn't looking out for my just me. So that's your own neuroses. Yeah. Well, definitely. That's the point of that <laughs> story is it's a, I can blow up many opportunities to make new friends. But don't you feel like you're at this point in your life where you understand who you are and what you're prone to do and you can just see that for what it is and do what you think you at this, should do? At, at this point, yes. But we're talking okay. uh, that was nine years ago. Oh, okay. When I had oh, this. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. This, so I, I still had no <laughs> clue. I don't know how much I really know who I am as a person, but certainly more. I'm yeah. aware of the 
neurotic things that I do and, and can control them a bit more, at least uh, navigate them. Do you think that there's a difference between men and women when it comes to something like that? Because is why I ask, um, Travis had high school buddies that were his best friends when I met him and which is like eight or nine years ago now. And, um, they were, I mean, they were the two dudes that were his best friends. And then over the years, we tried to keep in touch, but they just, it just sort of fizzled out. Um, the one friend still lives like around the corner from Travis's home in Wisconsin. And he's a really nice guy and he's trying his best, but he's just kind of like failure to launch kind of guy. <clears throat> and, you know, Travis is a doctor and scientist and doing NASA family husband like lots of things have happened for Travis and so when he tries to get back together with that friend it is kind of like either old times or um we only talk about games because he's really into games uh, like board games and, and but you said that one also is fizzled it's kind of fizzled out like the last couple times we've gone to Wisconsin we haven't called him which was the only time that we ever spoke to him was in between did you reach out and he didn't respond at that point or did you just... we sort of stopped telling him we were coming and stopped inviting him over well there was a reason for that he probably yeah. was a depressing dude brought you down I was going to say yeah. it, I was going to yeah. say if he stopped maybe it was just making him feel bad if he's a failure to launch guy Who's sitting around. It was never talked about. You know what I mean? Like it was never. I'm sure. It was, I, yeah. But he knows. He knows what Travis is up to. And they grew up together. And he's still yeah. living in that neighborhood in Wisconsin. And Travis is yeah. off. And in, in people's minds, it's always more glamorous than it really is. Uh, not to take away from anything no, Travis definitely. has done. But yeah. And he could just make him feel like a real piece of shit. He's like, I Maybe. don't, don't want to hang out with that guy anymore because it makes me feel bad. Well, and also, at least to me as a woman, I feel like. I want to be gotten in touch with the same amount that I'm getting in touch with them. And so when we would come into Wisconsin and we were calling this guy up, there was no other communication besides that time, you know? And so that feels very one-sided. And then um, his other friend who, you know, moved away and has a family and like, he just recently had his third kid and we had no idea that his wife was pregnant. Um, even for, I'm just going to spill the dirt. So even for, uh, Travis's bachelor party and just being his, uh, so this friend was his best man and he didn't do anything. Like he didn't do any of the things that you're supposed to do as a best man, like set up the bachelor party, you know, help Travis with his part of getting married, the wedding, whatever. Um, even when this really pissed me off, even when, um, they were going to come into town. We had a hotel, you know, where we were getting everyone to stay. And it was turning into a big party at the hotel. And we wanted everyone who was coming in to stay at the hotel so we could all party. And um, he was trying to say, the best man was trying to say that they weren't going to stay at that hotel because they wanted to stay at a different place that was closer to somewhere where his wife could run. Like his wife wanted to run every day and she has a very, she, at least at the time she had this very rigid thing where she like had to do this many sit-ups a day and then she had to run all the time. You can and do sit-ups anywhere. You can run anywhere. Hello. There's a gym at this place. You can run downstairs or you, it was right near Kennesaw. So I don't know, take your little car over or I don't know where, you, whatever. Go to the mountain. The, the, the point run is, is that, that the, beautiful mountain. The Kennesaw that's right. Mountain. See the Confederate ghosts. 
Um, oh, the they haunt that, that place. There, you're not there to make sure that your wife can run. You're there so that you can take care of Travis, who's the best, who's the getting married, and you're the best man. And that's how it was the whole time, where it was, and it it was built up to that point where I was like, oh fuck him. So <laughs> that know? friendship's done. Well, after that, we have got we did get together, and it was right after I had had that miscarriage. And we were driving up to Wisconsin. We were stopping at their place in between. And um, this was before they had kids. And I, my miscarriage was not finished. Like I still, I, I started to have these really intense pains and we had to go to the hospital. Like we were 30 minutes away from being at their house and we had to go into this weird town and find a hospital so I could get this stuff taken out of me. So the stuff, this, whatever. Um, and so I was freaked out, right? I'm on weird pain medicine. I'm bleeding every through things every 10 minutes. You know, it's a lot. We finally get to their house and he comes outside and scares us with the dog. Like uh, with their dog. On purpose? Yes. What kind of dog? Um, Like a big brown dog. <laughs> Not like a little chihuahua or anything. A growling dog? No, just like, blah, blah, blah. You know. So what did he sneak up? You were walking up to the house, and he came out from from he some came bushes. Came the corner of like around the garage, leading up to their door, type of thing, and just was like inconsiderate. Did you he, know? So he knew though your situation. That's a pretty he private had, we thing. We've been like three hours late because I'd been at the hospital getting products of conception okay. removed from my uterus, okay, from my cervix, and it was intense and it was scary and I was sad. That was my baby, um, and then. Yeah, we get there and that happens. And then he doesn't know how to express himself. It's made him uncomfortable. They didn't know what to do. And the wife didn't know either. No one brings it up that I'd been, I had just been at the hospital. It was like neither here nor there. And then also um, the wife starts bringing out, oh my God. She starts bringing out this Tupperware thing full of notes and full of cards and stuff that her husband had given her over the years and showing me and I'm in this weird state of mind right and I'm I'm having to be like oh wow yeah why would you show that and then also she she pulls out our invitation to the wedding that my my wedding me and Travis's and shows it to me like look what I found I was like oh (laughs) cool oh i'm sorry about the guest bed you know it it's broken because me and steve broke oh i said his name <laughs> sorry me and we broke it because of sex or whatever and i was like oh gosh oh well yeah thank you very self-centered people it sounds like it probably i really had to excuse it by thinking that they just didn't know how to deal with what was going on you just say i'm sorry that happened you don't have to talk about it it's your right. if you want to talk about it you can bring it up and you can gauge it and like yeah maybe they don't want to talk about it but you can say i'm sorry yeah. That's it. Scaring yeah. someone with a dog because you're uncomfortable. But it sounds like the whole thing is really just about them all their lives. Like the, the being the best man. Can you turn that down? Like that, for example, if I were getting yeah. married and <laughs> okay. I asked someone to be my best man and they didn't really want to do it, I right. wouldn't be angry if they said, you know, that's a lot of work and I just don't feel like I can live up to the expectations of it. I'm like, all right, thanks. Thanks for telling me that and being honest. I'm not going to not be friends with you at this point. And I would, I can see it being the other way, though. If someone asked me to be their best man, hopefully if I'm friends with the person, we have this kind of understanding. Right. But, Where they could say to you, listen, I'm out of town. 
I don't feel like I'll be able to do the things that I that need to be done for you as the best man. I would love to help with in any way I can, but I don't know if I can, you know, whatever. Yeah, thank you. I'm glad that you view me that way. But I, I'm disappointed, but, you know. Yeah, I, I would want to do it properly for you because I care about you, but I can't. And if, right. if a person wanted to defriend you at that point because of it, then, then you know a lot about them. Exactly. And I think actually that would be, if, if that even came up, it probably would be a childhood friend. Where you're just like, you're my best man because I've known you for 20-something right. years. Right. And I'm asking you to do it. Um, and then I said no. And they said, oh, well, fuck you. It's like, all right, well, you see, there wasn't really much to this friendship anyway. Right, exactly. And defriending, I think, is something. We're talking about making friends as adults. Uh, defriending is very valid, too. I mm-hmm. think you're old enough to look at this like, yeah, this is, you don't have to be nasty about it. Or post some stupid, you know, quote on Facebook, like, if they don't lift you up, then you're lifting up yourself, you know, something like that. Yeah. You could just calmly and quietly stop being friends with someone. Yeah, there's the opportunity where you could probably just drift away. And if it ever came up, and like, yeah, I just, you would maybe have to face it if the person asked directly. It's like, I just yeah. didn't think there was much to this friendship. Do you think differently? And if they were honest, they're probably like, no, you're right. But then I would start thinking, well, why aren't we friends? Look at this honest conversation we're having. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then there you go. Then maybe you could, you know, actually build the friendship a Mm -hmm. bit more and strengthen it. It is. uh, I don't know why people don't want to have the conversations. They just avoid everything constantly. And that's the basis of all problems for the most part. It's hard because you may never have been taught that uh, or and not just, you know, directly taught it, but just sort of mirroring your how you see relationships you know like if you if you have seen your parents communicate or the way that your parents communicate with you like if that didn't happen then what kind of template do you have you don't you're just sort of flying by the seat of your pants and or you're mirroring what you saw your parents do which is like avoid the the topic you know like my husband is being a jerk to my kids but I don't want to have to deal with that so I'm just gonna let it happen you know, and then you feel the same, like maybe you behave the same way in your, you know, intimate friend relationships or otherwise. Brilliant plan. I'm just not going to address it. I do want to bring up. Uh, so living in New York, it mm-hmm. presents a different opportunity to meet people, I think, because one, there are just so many people around people as they get older, still live with roommates. So even if right. you go hang out with a friend, if they get a new roommate, and this is actually something that happened. So my friend. Andrew, he moved in with his girlfriend, and then they got a two-bedroom apartment. They had a spare room, and there was this girl who was friends with Andrew's girlfriend, family friends. She was moving to New York. Like, move in. So we were hanging out, and you know she's nice. Mm-hmm. And we're talking, and then she's like, I was born in 1997. I said, like, what the? F- this, my life has brought me to a point where I'm in a situation <laughs> where I'm like, being fr- it's, it's nothing wrong with it, but it is, yeah. it's not a normal thing as a 37 year old to be hanging out born in 1982 to meet <clears> someone <throat> and actually get to the point where mos- possibly you're going to be friends with someone who's born in 1997. Yeah. And, and that was weird to me though. So as I, I don't, I wasn't necessarily pursuing a friendship, but it's like, no way. That's just weird to me. You're, you are legal drinking age now. You're 21. Wow. 1997, I had a fully formed life at that point. Yeah. And this person was a baby suckling a mother's breast, <laughs> which maybe my friend, the, the weirdo, would have loved to watch. 
Oh, God. Peering through. What was his name? Brian. Brian. Yeah. With a Y or an I? And with an I. Okay, good. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to bring up any more than that. No, no, we shouldn't. But but well, that that does happen quite often here. Is you meet so many different people, mm-hmm. and I think there is an opportunity. Does it matter at that point? I it, mean, everyone's an adult. It probably I mean, it, it probably does, and that again, that's a neurotic thing. Especially if you find out that you have a lot in common, and I mean, look at Eric and us. Yeah, she's a real weirdo. She plays Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, and, that's a real weirdo. <laughs> and and she said, uh, "You guys, uh, I can introduce you if you want to play." And we're like, uh, and then the, they set it up. And one night there was a character creation night. Yeah. And I went to it. I was I was going to be open minded. I was like, I'm going to go to this, and I created a character, Jake the half elf. <laughs> I wrote a whole backstory for him uh-huh. about how his dad was a you know an asshole who traveled the universe stealing from people, and uh, his mom was the elf, and she was you know very nice and loving. Um, <laughs> but I I just I couldn't get into it. No, you never went back. No, I mean there there was we haven't really even tried again to to have any more. There was a group of five of us, and she was the dungeon master, this twenty one year old leading us through the guiding us through the world of Dungeons and Dragons, <laughs> which I, I I honestly really wanted to like it. I was like, I, yeah. I'm going to give this a go, but I have a yeah. better understanding, and I can see it. It really is just open world role playing. Right. It's just here's an opportunity. To do whatever you want. You're presented a narrative and this thing happens. And then from there, the group just makes up whatever the hell they want. Which is interesting. I see how people can get really sucked into it. Yeah. But also... Travis has a D&D group that meets at NASA. Yeah, he like plays? A bunch of, yeah. Uh-huh. What is he, a rock gnome? I don't know. I think he's told me. I'm sure he's like a mage or something. I wanna, Yeah, I want to know now. Maybe, I'll ask. Maybe I'll, knowing... I'll next him. Talking to Travis, maybe I should bond with Travis and and be good friends with him. That's another thing that I think is kind of strange. We're friends. Mm-hmm. We've known each other a long time. I feel like we're close. Yeah. I don't really know your husband. I've met him. <laughs> We've met him. We've chatted a few times. Right. I don't know your kids at all. Yeah. I met Ellie I mean, when she yeah. was a new baby. She new has baby. no clue who I am. And Pete, I've never even seen that kid in real life. Oh man, we have to fix that. But that's it. this is the dynamic of things too, which is how far and close can you get with a person when you really don't know most of their life, the life that they deal with on a, a daily basis. Well, maybe that says something about who I am. Well, that I'm not, you know, just Travis's wife. I'm not just a mom. No, and I'm I'm I certainly I hope you're gonna take it that way. I'm not trying. <laughs> no, to I say don't. That's the way I, I view you. I don't. But maybe you would know. Like I would definitely bring all those people around in my life to more things that involve you because it's who I am. And, and, you know, I would feel like you don't know me otherwise when really, of course, you know me, these are just parts of my life. Yeah, Important. But it's a- and, 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 you know, those parts t- are, are on a higher priority than the other aspects of me, but that doesn't mean that they are, they encompass more of me. And, and it is, you know, circumstance. We don't live close to one another, right. Cl- closer than you think though. You look at well, I'm going to find out at the end of this month. Yeah, we'll get, in, we'll get into that. Uh, <laughs> we can wrap up with that. But okay. um, yeah, I mean, even my interaction with you is this. Mm-hmm. We text or it's this. I mean, you could bring when I talked to Travis last, it was it was through a video chat. It's <laughs> like, all right. Hey, Travis. So, you know, it does make sense. You're not going to bring your whole family and we're not going to video chat one another. If <laughs> yeah. I'm with you in Atlanta because we're there for the the radio show, 
uh, and you talk to your family, you know, you turn the phone to me. I'm like, hey, kids who have no clue who I am. And I wave yeah. at them. Yeah. So I, I really, that's all it, I don't think it would make sense for it to be anymore at this point. Well, I don't know your girlfriend. I know. I know. It's, uh, and again, it's just, there's been no real opportunity. Right. If I brought her here, it's like, hey, sit down in the front of this video chat and talk to Autumn. Like, it's strange. Yeah, it's it a weird. Be. It's a weird thing to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I do think about it because I, I view you as someone that I'm close to. And I was like, this whole part of her life. But even, interesting. even saying that, my dad just retired. And we went, you know, there was a retirement thing at his work. He worked at Lockheed. That's where he worked for 35 years. A lot. He, most of his time was spent there. And I was like, this is my dad. It was this whole part of his life. I had no clue. Oh, like yeah. I knew what he did, but it's like I wasn't there. And you imagine what it's people. like. Yeah. And it's like that's a huge part. So it's not really that strange, but I still find it very interesting when you think about people that you are close to. They, most of their lives, you're not privy to any of it. They'll tell you things. You can talk about things, but they're off doing like as soon as we're done recording the show, you're going to go do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. I don't know. I don't need to know, but it is funny. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like um, when we're done with the show, you're going to turn off your computer and you're going to watch TV. Uh, I probably will. I do. I'll tell you this. I have a friend who's coming over and she's going to bring her fiance, but mm-hmm. uh, they, uh, they want some marijuana and there's delivery services in New York. Mm-hmm. And the delivery service, I'm in the network. I had to, oh, I, had to be, I see. I had to be introduced into the network. Uh, and I tried to, I was like, I'll just, I'll introduce you and you can have it delivered. To, it's scared. They're scared out of their mind. What if it's the police and it's a sting operation? It's like, it's not. The police don't want to come bust you for buying an eighth of pot. They have a, an eighth of pot. They have a bigger fish to fry in New York than marijuana. Yeah. It's decriminalized here too. And they would probably go after the dealers. So it's like this, but they want to see how it works. So what I'm actually going to do. Okay, you're their Sherpa. Yeah, so I will go sit on the couch and watch TV until they get here. uh, Probably 45 minutes after we stop recording. And then uh, I will walk them through this process and show them it's safe. The delivery person comes. It's always a different person and they're always weirdos. Uh, (laughs) They're they're mostly friendly, but they're weirdos too. There are people who bike around with these giant backpacks just filled with so much marijuana and THC Weird. All right, you have to show me. Um, I, after this episode uh, or the show, I'm going to help Travis put a rug down in mm. our bedroom that's going to go under our bed. So there's a lot of logistics and there's two rugs in there right now that I don't like and we have to figure out what to do with those. Uh, rugs are annoying. You got to roll And we're up. kind of spring cleaning, you know, we're like looking through our stuff and realizing we don't need this, you know, this stroller thing anymore. And But that's all sort of tucked away and we want to you know the basement's messy because that's where the kids toys are and they're askew you know so i'm gonna be doing that <laughs> that's, a, that's an exciting day maybe I, i'll look up how to make soda bread oh i'm facilitating a drug deal yeah and you're gonna go move a rug yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's it it's fine now we know see maybe i don't need to be always engaged in your life Pete's napping. I think Ellie's probably watching Pokemon with Travis. They're really into Pokemon. Excited about that live action Pokemon movie that's coming out? Um, it looks a little dark for Ellie. I think it's a little too grown up for Ellie. It's a it's based I don't know what the what it was based on, a very specific Pokemon story, like a detective Pikachu. 
I don't know. I really don't know. It seems strange, but I saw Bulbasaur in the trailer. I would like to see it only because I want to see what the Pokemon look like, but I really don't know. I mean, Ellie, she's like a little encyclopedia of Pokemon now. She's like, that's so-and-so, and and he's a rock type. (laughs) It's just funny to sort of hear things come out of her mouth that she has started to memorize, and it's not like we drilled it into her like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know? anything like that she's yeah, she just discovered it on, it on her own. own yeah it's really neat um so so we can wrap it up with this yes that you're finally coming to new york so we can go see phantom of the opera yeah it's this has been something that we've tried to plan forever this is a bonding thing in our friendship yeah talking about this ridiculous broadway show <laughs> yeah. for a very long time i went through my own sort of phases of this uh, Phantom of the Opera relationship. If Phantom of the Opera was my friend, I was best friends with it. Um, and then I kind of faded away from it and thought it was pretty lame. And then I was able to enjoy it again because I always enjoyed it. But I felt like the 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 um, the song Phantom of the Opera seemed like a little too like I'm trying to be rock and roll. There's that yeah. There's that weird guitar riff in there. <laughs> Most of yeah. the music holds up. Like the the music doesn't feature guitar except for that one for that some reason. That one song, yeah. And it, the songs are pretty good. They hold up, and the show holds yeah. up because it's set in the. Well, it holds up in the sense because it wasn't set in a modern time when it was first came out. Mm-hmm. Anything dated was already dated. I don't, when when is that show set? Seventeen hundreds, eighteen hundreds. Sure, I have no <laughs> I idea. Don't remember at this point. <laughs> don't ask me. I don't remember. I love it I don't so know much, but I don't know. But. Uh, the uh, you know, traditional woman can't take care of herself and needs a man, either Raul or Phantom. Yeah, right. People could argue against that. But that aside, I enjoy the show. And mm-hmm. it's actually something on my own that I've, has been important to me just because as a kid I liked it. And then, you know, there's certain times in my life I'm like, it's time to go see that. And we've talked before I like to do things alone because if the person doesn't like the show and I'm here and they're going to ruin it, I don't want that. But we're right. going to go. This is a big risk. But I, I know that you like the show, so I'm not really worried about it. Yeah, you don't have to worry because you know I'm already into it. It can strengthen our bond. Yeah. First row mezzanine. Ooh, I'm really excited. Row A, you're going to see that chandelier crash to the stage at the end of Act 1. First, you're going to see it rise. Oh! What? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Phantom gets angry and then cuts the chandelier down. Spoiler. Oh, no. In case you haven't seen it when it launched 30 years ago. Maybe people don't know it. 13,000 performances on Broadway. Well, I'm very excited. And um, this was the kind of thing where it was always just do it. Just do it. Just make the plan. But then I couldn't because I was pregnant. And then Pete was little. And I was just at this time in my life where I couldn't do whatever I wanted to do. And I'm still not there, but it's getting closer. You know, Pete's older and he doesn't need, you know, breast milk. He doesn't need a lot of, you know, worrying or fussing over as much. So I'm at a point where I can make the plan. And then it re- then you really have to be like, okay, then you really just have to do it. Like there's nothing holding you now. You can do it. And so that's what we're doing. And you're doing it. And because I'm a good friend and understanding, I, I knew all of that. I didn't hold it against mm-hmm. you. Patient. I've been patient. Thank you. I think a year ago I got really excited. About a year ago, probably April of last year, I think we kind of, was it then? There was something that didn't work. Because we thought there was was a a weekend that we were planning to do, and then it wasn't playing that weekend. (laughs) Just on Sundays. Most Broadway shows take Monday off, 
And I have said, yeah, of course it's playing on Sunday. And it wasn't. Right. And it wasn't. That's what happened. All right. But it's here. Yep. We're doing it. We're putting in the work to keep our friendship alive. What else are we going to do that day? All day Saturday. Uh, well, I go to therapy in the morning, so you can uh, you can meet me after. I'll join you for that. You're going to get dressed up fancy? <laughs> oh, that's I don't I don't think so. I mean, that's super fancy, but I'm going to put on a nicer outfit than just some jeans and Okay. I'll, I'll get a little nicer. Okay. Oh, a button up and some slacks. And Am some I nice supposed to shoes. wear like heels? I nah, don't have to wear heels. You can wear whatever you want. Most of these shows, especially Phantom because it's been playing for so long, right. it's just tourists, these schlubby people who flop in with their fanny packs and flip flops should i wear the phantom of the opera t-shirt and a and a new i love new york hat sure fd y and y fire department of new york yes fdny okay so travis texted me back about his D &D character Mm -hmm. his name is ramas he's a warlock he's serving the great old god like cthulhu wow that's what he said. That's it, though. That's all <laughs> I don't he know gave what that you. Means. You. You want to? I'll just give you a quick rundown of this okay. background for Jake. Uh, Jake the Paladin class level one. Uh, Jake the Paladin class level one half elf with a neutral good alignment. Jake. <laughs> okay. Jake was born to Robert Lank, a human, and marrying Selassie, an elf. Robert was a con man traveling the universe running scams. He invented unwinnable carnival games, sold real estate he didn't own, and spread Christianity to realms with populations steeped in misery and depression. Joel Osteen has often referenced Robert Lank as his biggest influence. This goes on and on. Oh, my God. And then, like, the, Jake's mom had a knack for seeing good in creatures. Even though most that she came across were bleak, it didn't get her down. She was self-aware and striving for emotional growth, and she learned from the shortcomings of others, and use the knowledge to gain and reinforce her own personal standing and spread love around her. And uh, Robert and, and Marine actually met because Robert sold a counterfeit bottle of wine to Marine's dad, <laughs> who wanted to impress his boss at the docks. And then the boss was a man who knew about wine and laughed at uh, the dad. And the dad ran away and never spoke again. And then, So you she, enjoyed making this. You're she, excited. And she wanted to get revenge, so she was... she she. <laughs> hunted Robert down and wanted to get a written apology to deliver to her dad. But she found him watching uh, the notebook in a theater and he was weeping and she realized he wasn't that awful of a human being. <laughs> they both, this is, this is <laughs> oh the whole God. backstory of my, uh, man, I didn't even get into the traits of my character yet. That was Ugh. just his backstory. I'm annoyed. Why? I'm feeling annoyed by that. What, what annoys you about it? I just, uh, it's all too much. Can we just play? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I don't want to do all that. Maybe this. I went too deep, but I, I had to ground my character. No, the fact that you can do, like, that's your point, right? Like, you're supposed to come up with this backstory <laughs> so it will, so you can help sort of round out the character you're playing. I'm annoyed. I don't want to do that. I just want to, like, what are the rules? Let's play. Before giving birth, Robert was killed. Oh, my God. Well, before she, <laughs> Jake's mom gave birth, Robert was killed by a displacer beast to whom he had previously sold a, a cherry ring pop, claiming it to be a great ruby. And this displacer beast was angry and it enacted his revenge. So uh, Jake never knew his dad because he was killed before he was born. Uh, yeah, sad, right? Backed away from the mic. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I, for, for not being that interested, I put in way too much work. And then I wrote yeah. this. And I was like, why did I just do this? I think it was more of a writing exercise for me. Yeah. And I also, and just to tie into our theme of friends as adults, even though we're playing a child's game at this point, I guess, even though plenty of adults do play it, uh, 
you know, we were gathering, or there was a plan to gather, and I thought that was nice. It's like, wow, we've got something to do, and there's five of us who get together. Right. But it's Dungeons and Dragons, and I, look, no offense to anyone who likes it, I just, I, like you said, it is a lot of work, and I just, I wasn't, I didn't take to it. And right. I, I don't need to apologize, but it, I don't need to make fun of people who do like it. It just is what it is. Well, I do want to say one more thing about friendships and what can happen. Um, you know, when you're a certain age or maybe you're at a certain point in your life where you're making new friends because you all have the common interest of like going out, right? Of like drinking or restaurants and whatever. And then if you change your mind about any of that, you find out how sort of superficial those friendships really are because those people drop off, right? You're like, you can't hang out with that person because if you decide you're not drinking or something, you know, it's they they pressure you to drink or they don't understand why you're not drinking and then it's a whole thing. It's like maybe it's that thing about like your your only your one aspect of your personality is sort of shown with certain friends. So Maybe with my mom friends, I am more of a mom. And then with you, I'm more just me. And then with my parents, I'm the daughter. Well, Do you, you know find, what I mean? You find common interests. And if right. your interest with the person at the time that you made your friendship was drinking, hopefully, you know, if that happened in your early 20s and you grow older, both of you have kind of grown, I hit my mic, uh, grown out of that. Mm-hmm. And that's not the basis of your friendship anymore. And sure, if they want to ditch you for not drinking, that's ridiculous. Also, I feel like having kids, you probably lose friends. Yeah. Ah, they got kids now. I don't want to right. deal with that. So you get to see how sort of superficial things are, maybe. Yeah. So there's there's life events that frame friendships. And then the good ones stick around, like me. <laughs> best. I'm my, look, I'm a great friend. I'm terrible in romantic relationships, but I'm a great friend. <laughs> One of the best, I like to think. I think that I'm a good friend in the way that you can be, uh, you can show me your flaws and I'll still like you. If I like you in the first place. Like if I like you, I'm, I like you. And you could, like, you you could do a lot of things that would, like, I think are not the best or maybe not, not like something bad. But just things that might annoy me or something. But I, I'll still like you. Just because I can't help it. I like you. Yeah. I don't and, mean and, you. And you're curious. <laughs> well, you're. I've done plenty of bad things. And you're a curious person. So you're probably, why did you do this thing? I want to know more. Yeah. And yeah. then if the answer is, because I just didn't like that person. And that's why I killed them. And then you could say, okay, <laughs> I don't want to be your friend. I don't like that. <laughs> yes. So our friendship is now over. But I mean, if we talk about someone like Eric, who sometimes is very persnickety, you know, or even Tim, who has a lot of bones in his closet. You know, like I... Tim Andrews and Eric Von Hessler. I'm sorry, who are, yes. who are parts of... Uh, I know most people listening to this show know that, but... Yeah. You know, this is, no, I get it. Maybe someone doesn't know that we're part of a radio show. I love them no matter what, you know? And they can be an asshole, or they can say something that I don't like, or have some sort of view that I don't like or understand, but I, I think that I'm good at just sort of not worrying too much about those things and just liking that person. Yeah, it's a good trait. Open-minded. Yeah. Take us out. That was One Topic. Thank you for listening. You guys, we love you. Go to One Topic uh, Podbean. What? (laughs) Go to to our Facebook page and like us. You can find us on Podbean. I don't know how to phrase that. Um, 
You can go to our Podbean site. Uh, we're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. What else? I thought there was another one. Oh, you're trying to get us on iHeartMedia. Yeah, I submitted it to that. Which, what, what a scam. It's just like, here's free content. Please host us and make money if anyone listens. Whatever. It's exposure. Yeah. Also, go to iTunes and please rate and review us. Give us five stars. Uh, subscribe and uh, keep listening. We love you. We couldn't do it without you. I mean, we could. It would make us sad. I mean, we would do it for nobody. We're grateful that people are listening. So thank you for listening. Yes, I, I concur. 